Hello, and welcome to Horror. This is a podcast in which Lee and Adam take their friend Chris on a journey through horror cinema. New episodes are posted every two weeks, and you can follow us at SoundCloud, on Instagram, and on Facebook. Please post any questions with the hashtag AskWelcomeToHorror, and the gang will answer them on the show. Before we begin, two warnings. There will be both swearing and spoilers in abundance, so we recommend that you have watched the movie being discussed first. Thank you for listening. Good evening and welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. I'm Adam. I'm Chris. And I'm Lady Jennifer. Uh, and we are, uh, this evening, we've just watched uh, Monster Go Home. Yeah, so we will be discussing that shortly. Um, in the interim, however, Adam, what have you been watching in the horror genre? Well, I've rewatched Baskin and I really think we should cover that because it is genuinely great. Um, finally it's got a Blu-ray release over here Excellent. previously I'd only seen it on film 4 and it looks like it's the same because that was the one thing I was worried about is if the subtitles were going to be shit but it's the same looks like it's the same translation oh cool um, but it's just a really good film don't want to go too much into it but basically it's um, a Turkish horror film and it's about a group of policemen who are called into a um, like backup to another team who have encountered some disturbance in a weird part of town, and they get there, and boy does it get weird. And um, but it's got yeah, it re- it's got a lot of um, yeah, just sort of it feels it feels modern, but also it feels like a film you might have watched in the eighties. But not in that sort of sense. Not in the they've done it retro sense. Yeah. But it just has that sort of that sort of feeling, almost like, or, or even it, maybe a bit event horizon sort of oh, nice. elements and yeah, in a bit Hellraiser sort of. But yeah, it's its own distinct thing hmm. and just is absolutely fucking brilliant, and everyone should see it. It's just great. The name doesn't give away a lot, does it? It doesn't. I think Baskin, I might be wrong, so if we do cover it, I will check. Yeah. But I think Baskin just means patrol. Mm. Okay. Um, So it is just, but it's sort of, yeah, it's just this group of sort of less than reputable policemen who have to go and deal with this event. But... Frankly, no one is equipped to deal with what's going on, let alone <laughs> let alone this this bunch. So, um, but yeah, it has a very um, weird elements. Almost that it's become a bit of a cliche to say it, but it is that sort of Lovecraft weird, oh, um, sort of stuff going on. 
So, yeah, that's really good. And I also finally watched Tales That Witness Madness. Which... I, yes, I watched it after you messaged and said that you'd watched it the night before. I went and watched it also. Yeah, and that was... Because I thought that was Amicus, but it's not. It's some random company. It feels uh, like Amicus. It stuff. really does, because it's that's portmanteau sort of feel. Yeah. And, yeah, that's just fucking weird, isn't it? It's mm. brilliant. I, I just loved how fucking odd it was. You've got, what was it, Haunted Penny Farthing. Yeah. Um, voodoo. Voodoo! <laughs> um, and uh, an invisible tiger and Michael Jason fucking a tree. Yes. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's very, very strange. And it also means I now know where a Moon Wiring Club sample comes from. Ah, Because okay. uh, they did, a, they did a, a, a mix called the Jason Mix which all had clips of Michael Jaston in various things, including, does anyone in here love me? <laughs> so, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's, my, that's been my watchings, lad Liz. Good, good. Chris, have you watched any horror? I actually did decide to this time, because I thought we're not going to be watching any of them, and Adam has mentioned it several times, so I thought I'm going to go back and give it a go. So it's American Horror Story. Oh, yeah. but uh, yeah. So I still haven't mm. quite finished the first series. Oh. Ah, right. Okay. Which is it's but. gone a bit chaotic because there just seems to be quite a lot of dead people who oh, I wasn't totally sure if they were dead, but it doesn't help that I was watching it while working. Which ah, uh, yeah. I think mm. I probably did need to follow the story a little bit better, but now I feel like I've kind of understood it again. Now I hope. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm, I think I'm looking forward to series two because I think that's an infected mm. mushroom song. Which is number two? Well, is it about angels? Yeah. yeah. Uh, asylum, number two is, is Asylum, yeah. Oh, yeah right. But it's got an angel in it, is that right? Some, there's some, something. It has, well, it has, it has demonic elements. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like that. okay well, the, the words from the song are, now is gold, I see her wings and I'm not cold. Is that not okay. I can't it's, remember it's, if that's it is, I thought it was one where it had a, it had like an angel as the advert for it. Which is a nun, isn't she? None. Oh, so none. she's yeah, all she, a bit yeah. like okay. I am being yeah. caring yeah. towards you, but well, I thought she looked like yeah, yeah. an evil sort of angel, which is a bit confusing. Yes, but she's a nun. I'll, I'll let you know when I've watched it. I was less impressed with season two, so if you don't okay. enjoy season two, Stick it out. don't give don't give up because asylum was all right. And then uh, the witch one, Coven, was mm. really good. That's only because it had what's her name in it, you think? Who? Who's that woman from, I want to say Fleetwood Mac? Yeah. Good. I yes. was say, if I'm yes. wrong, you can yeah, cut Stevie this out. Nick. No, Stevie yes, Nicks. Yeah. Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks, Stevie Nicks turns up as Stevie Nicks, but Stevie <laughs> Nicks, the witch. Now, that's kind of weird, because I totally never really knew that I knew any of Fleetwood Mac songs until seeing Guardians of the Galaxy, and now I really ah. like the chain. Fleetwood Mac are... Um, Phenomenal band. So I probably should listen to some. Yes, listen, listen to Tusk. Yes, and listen to Rumours and Tango mm. in the Night. Okay, I have them both on vinyl. They are exceptional. Mm. Um, yeah, and then as we mentioned before, Hotel was a amazing. So is that the season. most recent? No, 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 the most recent is Cult, which mm. was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. very clever. Okay, they they te- mm. they tend to sort of flip. In terms of, because I really, enjoy, I did, I did really enjoy Asylum, but I know that it seems to be the odd-numbered ones. <laughs> yeah, that are the ones that well. people yeah. really go for. Okay. So, because yeah, Freak Show was Freak Show was the first one I watched, like, and actually stuck with it and watched all the way through. Yeah. But 
yeah, like hotel trounce that mm-hmm. and yeah, so on. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, Jennifer, do you remember anything that we have watched? Well, I don't think we've watched any horror do you apart not? from that programme we're watching at the moment. The Alienist. The Alienist, which is kind of horror y. It is. It's very um, good. It's alright. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit dubious out on it. But it's, yeah, it's not bad. I'll stick with it. So you have forgotten that we watched Winchester. Oh, yeah, because I probably don't really count that as a horror. It was a the, bit... The house dumb about before. the ghosts. Yeah, there was nothing <laughs> new there that stood out to me, other than all guns, all firing magically. It was based on a true story. Yeah. So, the, I mean, it, the story was interesting. Obviously very loosely. But... I wouldn't mind looking into the background of it, the reality... But apparently it was, a, a lot bit, of it was yeah. shot in the Winchester house yeah. so a lot of the um, but yeah I think obviously the story was massively embellished from the yeah. the true story um, can we also qualify true story the, the story the, the report yeah, oh, yeah. yes yeah, so, <laughs> whose truth yeah, <laughs> yeah so she built all of the rooms because she f- believed that she was haunted by the spirits of the people who were killed mm. using the Winchester uh, firearms, so she built rooms in her house to accommodate the ghosts that haunted her. But in the film, um, each of the rooms is designed. She um, does automatic. It's like automatic writing, but she mm. draws the rooms mm. and then she builds them according to what she's drawn. And they're the rooms that the people died in. So apparently, she's only haunted by people who died indoors. Kind of random. Oh, okay. um, that must sort of roughly. It down a bit. I was going to say Civil War sort of era. That Precisely, have, it cuts uh, it down. Would, yeah, quite a lot, which is handy, really, because <laughs> how big can your house be? Um, but yeah, I, I, it, Helen Mirren was fantastic She's in good, it as she but... always is. Um, yeah, it's it was all right. I, I like the original. I like the the creepy story behind hmm, it yeah so that's, I thought, it, that's the interesting bit yeah hmm. so i thought to make it into a film was quite good but yeah it, it was i probably won't rush back to see it again no um i think that's all we've watched um so so <laughs> we're now going to skip to our section ask welcome to horror I didn't like the wingly thing. The wingly thing? Like the... Mm. I thought it was all right. Oh, did you not? No, I thought it was all right, but you know what I mean. Oh, I've, you've written something new? I don't know. Uh, hang on. Oh, I, did, there a... I was listening to something. Hold it nearer to the microphone. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, Hold it. back it up. Have you got a whole... Uh... Yeah, what's it? A whole array of stuff. Oh, no, I think it was that one. Ask welcome to horror. There you go. Yay! <laughs> I love a jingle. <laughs> um, so, Adam, would you like to lead us into our Ask Welcome to Horror question this week? Well, our question came from uh, Pinball Bobby mm. of Not For Everyone podcast. The man, the myth, the legend that is yes. Pinball Bobby. Yeah. Also, I have to say, I know we said about, I know we said last episode about the great photograph of uh, Bobby and his dad. Yes. But fuck me, Adam and that suit. Yeah. We have got. Yeah. <laughs> I apologise for not mentioning that before because that that was something else. That was a look. Yeah. That was a serious look. Um, so, but yeah, Bobby has asked us for recommendations of 
horror fiction, horror literature. Yeah, classy. So, yes. So, Lee, would you like to go first on that? Oh, thank you very much. Um, so, mine is... Um, I think it was designed originally to be a kid's book, but I don't know what kind of kid you would possibly ever read it to. Um, it's Clive Barker's uh, The Thief of Always. Oh, yes. Um, which I think, Adam, you recommended to me originally. Yeah. Um, it's a fantastic story. Um, it's fairly short, so you, it, it is a novel on its own, but it's fairly quick to get through. Um, and it's the story of a child who makes his way to a magical house um, where every day they go through all of the seasons. So in the morning, it's spring, and then it becomes summer in the sort of late morning, and then they have the fall in the afternoon, so they have Halloween around tea time, and then they have Christmas before bed. Um, Yeah, and it turns out that there's a very sinister edge to everything that's going on in the house, Um, and the other children who already live there. uh, Oh, it's it's fantastic. It's, It's Clive Barker. It totally feels like Clive Barker. The illustrations in the book are fantastic as well. Um, but yeah, it's a really eerie, sinister book. Um, Which I think is right. That's how kids' books should have that sort of element to them, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, so I used to refer to... We used to have a cat with a, a crick in its tail. Cyber used to have a funny little bend in her tail. Oh, and okay. there's a cat in the book who's got a cat like that, and they describe its tail as shaped like a question mark, so they call it Clue Cat. So <laughs> I always used to refer to Cyber as Clue Cat. Um, so that's where that came from. So yeah, it obviously did have quite an impact. Yeah, and it, it's a brilliant book. You can probably smash through it in a couple of hours if you sit down and pay attention to it. it yeah, it's a really good read. Cool. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Chris? Horror books. Yeah, horror yeah. fiction book. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't, that's probably why I'm the noob to horror, really. Uh, yeah, I can't think of... Um, possibly the last one I read was like Pet Cemetery when I was 13. Or, ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, I went through a whole Stephen King period. Um, and who was the other one? J- uh, James Herbert? Yeah, oh, yeah. I used to love James the Herbert. The Rats, stuff. was that him? Yes. Yeah. Creed oh. was my favourite of his. Okay. Phenomenal book. Um, that did remind me, though, I think I read one called Others, which was about some sort of an asylum. It's definitely Sounds weird. Familiar. Yeah, mm. maybe it was yours, it's actually. Oh, yeah, it was, it was like a wife, yeah. which All was the odd. Stephen King and the James Herbert one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Adam? I sort of I went a bit to town because <laughs> um, I mainly I mainly like short stories in horror terms. Yes. So I just sort of went through a list of authors that I would recommend and mm. like maybe books and stuff. And uh, like Arthur Macken, the Great God Pan. Obviously, Arthur Macken we watched Holy Terrors. Yeah. Which was uh, based on his stuff. Um, there's a guy called Robert Sheerman, he's got a collection called Tiny uh, Tiny Deaths, and there's a one I've told you about in that before, Mortal Coil, in which everyone on the planet receives a card that tells them exactly when and how they die. Yes. And apart from one person, 
in the entire world. And yeah, that's um, uh, never trust a rabbit. Jeremy Dyson's collection, uh, Jeremy yes. Dyson from the league. That's yes. that's really good. That was oh, there was a f- amazing one in that about a teacher who hates a kid and he does an amazing painting. Yes, I really remember that story vividly. Yeah, no, that's they're they're definitely worth a worth a read because obviously like sort of later stuff. Um, Songs of a Dead Dreamer, Thomas Ligotti. Um, this is something I just stumbled across. There's an author called Matthew M. Bartlett. I've read his book, Gateways to Abomination. Hmm. And it's he kind of does very short stories. And overall, it works as like a book altogether. Hmm. But they are individual stories. But they're about the weird happenings in a town. I believe it's like set in Massachusetts. And there's a town where... There's what is now a radio station, but it even dates back to it might have just been weird singing in the woods. Wow. And that is, and it's brilliant. It's macabre, it's dark, it's absurd. There's people, um, people turn into goats quite frequently. <laughs> and just, yeah, and I'm going to get, I want to get more of his stuff because he's released a few now. But yeah, Gateways to Abomination is the first one and I can strongly recommend that. Um, Robert Chambers King in Yellow um, Arthur Conan Doyle did a lot of good horror short stories you can usually pick up collections of those mm. uh, including lot number 249 which is his mummy story yes I had ah. that I see I had that as a ladybird yes. book yeah. which again you're like hmm children who gave me that book as I a know. child but it was fascinating and yeah. there were pictures in it it was great oh, it was yeah. so well illustrated yeah. and that, that is actually something that I was that, that was something that made me think of that is I was thinking back to when I was a kid mm. I had the ladybird like, I think they had it was Dracula Frankenstein the mummy as they called it but it was this Conan mm. Doyle story yeah. uh, Jekyll and Hyde and Hound of the Baskervilles mm. nice. and they were just beautiful little I mean like you say the illustrations yeah. of them were I wish I could find wonderful. my copy somewhere yeah. it must be somewhere in the I've, house minus, mm. my, I've got mine I think uh, I think I will be bequeathing them to my child yeah. um, not until he's old enough to not draw in them or pew. oh yeah yeah no there's no way I mean it's like not yeah. until he's 25 yeah <laughs> maybe 30 old yeah I'll leave it to him in the will maybe a grandchild <laughs> um, also uh, William Hope Hodgson his book The House on the Borderland is fucking incredible mm-hmm. and he also did uh, stories of Karnaki I think I've mentioned this before Karnaki is a ghost hunter um, and there's a series of short stories about him but the best thing about that is some of them are supernatural and some of them aren't oh so you don't know yes yeah. we have discussed this before because mm. I remember it was yeah. sort of like way back when but yeah um, obviously you mentioned Clive Barker the books of blood yes like the six volumes of that I mean you've got stuff in there that became Candyman stuff that becomes Lord of Illusions I've got two of those hand signs that you and Dean got yeah. for the Christmas one yeah know? I think they're the omnibus ones yeah so yes, they're, they like, are, yeah. they're like volumes one, three and four, six yeah. yeah and yeah they're incredible obviously we always recommend M.R. James um, H.P. Lovecraft yeah H.P. Lovecraft uh, Robert Aikman Ringing the Changes in the Unsettled Dust um, the Hauler, and now I'm going to say this as Guy de Mappesant, although I have heard it, a, a spoken like, word mm. version of it, in which he was referred to as Guy de Mappesant. <laughs> I think that might have just been someone showing off. <laughs> um, 
Sheridan and Fanu, uh, Fanu in a glass darkly, like you've got green tea in there. Uh, w. Jacobs, the monkey's paw, and Charlotte, Charlotte Perkins Gilman, the yellow wallpaper. They're all uh, basically any of those authors. Just go and uh, Fritz Lieber, Shirley Jackson, obviously like the lottery, yeah, and stuff. And also just the book that got me into horror as a, like horror fiction, Nasty by Michael Rosen. Which is a great kids' book, but it is yeah, I was say, I nasty. He writes not books like that. Yeah. <laughs> but there's, but I mean, they're basically all stories in which he claims to have been told by a woman who he refers to as the Bakerloo Flea Woman, because she's just she's like a sort of font of all knowledge of weird and dark shit happening in London. And the Bakerloo Flea is a flea the size of the tunnel. <laughs> That only comes out at night, and the, the uh, London Underground are trying to cover it up. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so that's my little blast there. Excellent. So, yeah. Jennifer, you read an yes. awful lot. Jennifer, you read. I do, but not exclusively horror, because no. I like a variation. Um, the first one I hadn't thought of earlier, but when you started talking about children's books, I remember Children of Green No. Yes. Because that kind of is horror in that it's spirits and yes. ghosts, but again, suitable for children, but yeah, pretty interesting. And obviously we visited the house where it was written and... Uh, I had a funny... Mm, it, do you remember? The, 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 yeah. The, oh. So the first time we went, mm. I, I mentioned to my mother that we were going to... Mother! The, mother! Mother! That we were going to the house that... The Children of the Green No was written in and based upon. Um, and she said to me, oh, I read that to you four or five times when you were a kid. And I didn't remember it. You never um, listened. But when we were in the house listening to... Because it was, it was a spoken word M.R. James thing. Right. Oh, uh, yes. Which yes. takes place in the music room. Um, and when we'd... Uh, they have an interval halfway through. Um, and she said, oh, if you go up the spiral staircase, there's a, there's a bathroom up there if anyone needs it. And I went up the spiral staircase and walked into the loft room, which was laid out as it's described in Children of the Green No. So although I didn't even remember it, as soon as I opened the door, there was a bed, a small wooden chest and a rocking chair. And as soon as I opened the door, (laughs) all the hairs on the back of my neck stood up and there was something about it that really, really unsettled me. And it clearly... I, I. pictured it or it had been drawn in the book I don't know which but something about walking into that room and seeing it laid out as it had been described yeah just really triggered something in me it was a really strange feeling see what is Children of the Green Children, Children of the Green no no so okay. it's no K-N-O-W-E so a boy is sent to live with his family during the Blitz Mm-hmm. Live with his grandmother. With his grandmother, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, and while he's there, he interacts with the spirits of his ancestors who oh. are children who live in the house, who still or live there, the house. but yes. Um, yeah. And, and they it, get up to adventures and, you know, so and it's quite it's, child friendly, yeah. but it is, yeah. yeah, spirits and it is quite it's bizarre. Brilliant. I've mm. list, I've, I went back and listened to a couple of the books on, on uh, mm. Audible. Um, yeah. And, and it's really good, but yeah, it's funny how it didn't trigger mm. anything at the time. I knew the name, but I didn't think I knew it. But clearly, somewhere it was stuck in the recesses of my brain, and actually seeing it laid out was yeah, 
terrifying, <laughs> <laughs> quite frankly. <laughs> um, so recently, though, I uh, having watched The Ritual, mm-hmm. um, and we did the podcast a little while ago, mm. I was like, oh, must read the book. So I bought that, Adam Neville. Um, yeah, every bit as good as the film, obviously in a different way because you're reading it yourself, and very different twist at the end, oh, which I won't yeah. give away. Cool. <laughs> But, um, yeah, different, but the same feel to it with that sort of build of horror. So that was very good. And then um, at the end of that book, Sneaky, where they put another one in at the end. So you start reading oh, the, first, the chapter. first chapter. Yeah. Oh, yes. sneaky bastards. So I started reading House of Small Shadows. So then I had to buy that. <laughs> um, very much up my street because it's about taxidermy um, and china dolls and an old house. Um, not quite as good as the ritual somehow. It all felt a little bit disjointed towards the end and went a little bit weird. Um, but very much I can see why they say he's the sort of Stephen King, but sort of British. Mm. Because it is where it, it sort of turns from the sort of psychological, which I really like, to the slightly unbelievable. Okay. And I think that's where it loses me perhaps a little bit. Because I'm more for the psychological and the sort of, you know, the Agatha Christie criminal... Barbara Vine, Ruth Rendell, those sort of, you know, people being evil. Mm. Um, but it was still very good. Yeah, very well written. Um, and then, you're like probably all going to hate this one. Have you heard of this one? No. This is The Power. So, the horrific part of this is women get to take over the world. Because they develop a power where they can electrocute men just by touching them. Um, now, it's very clever. It's written as if it's thousands of years in the future and they're all sort of talking about oh yeah don't be ridiculous as if men were ever in power um because of course that's all been and gone the women have had control for so long okay so it's it's very clever the way they put the twist on all the things that obviously perhaps men do in the abuse of power that women can then do um but it's definitely horrific (laughs) okay but very clever um, and yeah, very well written. So that might be one for the feminists of you out there, or the slightly more well-read males, <laughs> if you're brave enough. One for our lady listeners. But, uh, yes, maybe. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> excellent. So uh, thank you very much, uh, as always, Bobby, for that excellent question. Um, if anyone else has got any questions out there, or if Bobby's got more questions, then uh, yeah, message us at hashtag AskWelcomeToHorror. Um, you can email us at info welcome to horror, um, or just put your questions below in SoundCloud. Or um, a stamped addressed envelope too. Uh, <laughs> I'm not giving our, no. our address out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the While we're mentioning <laughs> Bobby, um, on his last episode, I thought it was interesting, he brought up um, something. Now, is it called a sensory deprivation tank? Yes, he yes. did, yes. yes. Uh, and I kind of think you might have mentioned them before. My brother is there one? Did one. Yeah. Mm. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and he said it was very trippy. Yeah. He really enjoyed it. So he was going out with a weird hippie woman. It, it, this was obviously donkey's years ago. Um, but yeah, and they went and did it, and they went and did it together. Oh no, no, not, not, not in the not same in a tank together. <laughs> That'd be way too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think he really enjoyed it. He did. Okay. So yeah, I'd definitely be interested to try it. Like, I've always, I, I mean, I always wanted to try it, and then obviously Dean went and did it, mm. and yeah, I was still sort of like, yeah, no, I want to give this a whirl. Have you ever seen Altered States? No, I keep meaning to. Right. Okay. 
We could just run a really deep bath, put a straw in your mouth, duck you under. <laughs> I mean, you know, how how high tech do you want this to be, really? Like, Turn the lights out. Like I'm kind of thinking it might send me mad, but mm. I feel like I should try it. <laughs> I, think, I think I think quite. I, it's. I think I think you'd probably enjoy it. I think it's. I think you would probably have the right frame of mind for it. Yeah. Mm. In so much as, from what I gather, there are a few people who've done them, and it's like. I don't know what that was all about. I was blowing in the dark and I was wet. It's like, yeah. You have trouble occupying your mind, don't you? Yeah. Well, so I was thinking I'd quite like to do a, a meditation retreat for like a week or two, but yeah, that wouldn't really go down really very well. With, so you just with a, a high only ritual in it. Yeah. 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 Oh my God, just lying there in your own sick. Yeah, I'd, I'd be up for trying that as well, definitely. Well, we'll do it as a welcome to horror. Yeah. yeah. I think you should. And we'd all just yes. come out harrowed and no. yeah, disturbed. Um, is it not just, though, the old-fashioned way of getting to sort of mindfulness? Well, I've been reading well, up on this recently, the whole sort of trying to sort of empty your mind and just mm. let your mind flow, and surely that is the sort of optimum yeah, way I of imagine, doing that. I imagine it does make mm. it uh, a lot easier to get into the right state of mind mm. the least sense sensory information you've got to process yeah because because uh, basically yeah you you float in there mm. and then yeah so you feel you feel weightless yeah. so you're weightless <laughs> you have no you have no real sort of sense of touch it's mm. you, i believe you can have music in there but it's basically you, you shouldn't mm. and it is pitch black so you can't see a damn thing and and it's soundproofed, so yeah. Sounds a bit like an MRI scan, just horribly claustrophobic. And it could well know, be, yeah. Slightly, uh, yeah. I bizarre. think the problem for me is that it doesn't matter how much you remove everything from my senses, I will just end up thinking about boobs and the things that I would like to do to my car. Well, I, I think I was, I was not necessarily in that order. <laughs> Wait. You do the isolation tank, and then that very next weekend, you're fitting boobs to your car. <laughs> <laughs> I think they said it's hard not to think about things you want to eat. And well, exactly. Yeah. I, mean, I think my brain would just gravitate mm-hmm. back to the things but, that normally... But that's a be, you've got to do it long enough that you get past that and you start to go into some th- other sort of I think, deeper... I think, to put it politely, if I, I think if you have a sort of trippy brain anyway... Mm. I think you'll have fun. Yeah. So I think, yeah, give it a whirl. Yeah. I, I just, I'm not sure if I would sort of panic about something going wrong. And how there's, do you know if there's literally goes wrong? nothing that can go wrong other than, you know, the place burns down around you. Okay. <laughs> and then you're okay. Sure. So maybe I'm not imagining it exactly the way it really is. There is the Simpsons episode where the. The company goes under mm. and they go in and and the yeah, temporary but, deprivation tank gets taken away mm-hmm. by yeah. the uh, yeah. They put a cinder block on top of it so Homer can't get out. That's right. But Homer really enjoys it because he's <laughs> unaware. But yeah, it's it, yeah because that's it. They I think it like it ends up being put on the back of a truck mm. because it's him and Lisa. Yeah, and the company goes bust. His one gets picked up and taken on the back of a truck. It rolls like it's rolling around on the low loader, and then it ends up dropping off, going into the river, <laughs> going right, down the yeah. sewage pipes, and eventually coming back out in the shop. 
where it originally was. <laughs> so and then he gets out and he's like, no, I'll see what you mean, Lee. So that was really good. Cause it was it like, felt oh, like I went somewhere. Yeah, I went on a journey. But there used to be one in Upminster, actually. I think that, that might have been where Dean went. Mm. But there used to be one right under Upminster Bridge. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you still feel the vibrations of the trains? That'd be quite nice, though. Well, you go, would you like to see your birthday, then, as that's coming up? Oh, yeah, that sounds good. There we go. That's definitely a, a different a sort of present, present that I couldn't come up with before, so yeah. Can I just say, that is such a wonderful present to give someone. The absolute... <laughs> I'm going to deprive the, you the, of sex. The, the, the absolute, <laughs> absolute absence. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like... Like a black like, hole. Yeah. You, ha- you, you have this hour slot and nothing. I'm not going you to will give not you be disturbed. Anything. I'm going to take everything away. Yeah. But that's perfect. <laughs> it's like that. It's like Simon Munnery used to have that quiz show where the where the prize was anonymity, <laughs> and, if, and the last person who lost, <coughs> like the person who lost, it was then that they would have their head, their face plastered all over billboards and all over the newspapers <laughs> and everything else like that, because. Basically, as soon as you're a celebrity, everyone will hate you in one way or another. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the. So, yeah, the people who won the first round retain their anonymity and are allowed to go off. And they're all sat there in cloaks and masks. And nice. you had to take the mask off, then you had to take the cloak off, and so on, mm. until one person is finally exposed and they get their name. And, yeah. And an, and an opera singer used to sing an insult song at them. That sounds fascinating. I'll have oh, to look that. Great shot. It was, um, oh, what was it? Yeah, I think it was just called Either Or or something like that. Because it, basically all the choices, all the questions were either and then something or, or that, yeah. But it would be just quite ridiculous. So, you know, it'd be either Mark Hamill or Mark Hamill on a penny farming. <laughs> and and it was that arbitrary that it was like well obviously the correct answer is Mark Hamill on a panel farthing so you're all right but yeah <laughs> who voted the other um, right so to head into the uh, main event for this evening so Alexa what is the plot of Munster Go Home Munster Go Home is a 1966 comedy film starring Fred Gwynn Yvonne DiCarlo, and Al Lewis. The Munsters travel to England after Herman discovers he's the new lord of the Munster Hall. Its runtime is 1 hour, 36 minutes. It has an IMDb rating of 6.4 out of 10 and is rated U. Thank you. Um, yes, an interesting point about this, um, or not about this film, but the Munsters specifically, um, I am absolutely gutted that this could have been our surname and wasn't. Um, so some relatives of Jennifer's are getting married later this year um, and they're quite a modern, forward-thinking couple mm-hmm. and they decided that rather than her taking his name, they are going to come up with a surname that they both like and change both of their surnames to this name. Um, and I said, as soon as I heard that, what a brilliant idea. If only we'd thought of that mm. we could have done it but let's be honest we'd never settle on a name and Jennifer immediately said well Munster obviously <laughs> yeah. I was like shit that's exactly what I would have that's said amazing what as a teacher can you imagine the respect I'd get he's <laughs> Munster yeah. hang on so you've both got birthdays coming up oh do so you think Deedpole Deedpole's uh... <laughs> gift oh but my it, but isn't god it, 
But isn't that what they have to do anyway? Or Yes, they'll have to change one name by depot mm. and then you can get married and take your husband's mm. name. So we did discuss it because I was all for going double-barrelled until I realised it sounded a bit pretentious. So I did look into it. And the cheapest way to do it is the male mm. gets their name changed, you pay for the depot, and then obviously as the female, you lucky you get, you, yeah. get to just take it for free, <laughs> along with all of their money. Mm. <laughs> I haven't got shit. I know. Um, but yes, yeah. no, mm. yeah, birthday's coming up. Yeah. Not a terrible idea. Wow. Um, genuinely thinking about it. Oh, look, I still <laughs> haven't changed over everything from my maiden yeah. name to my married name. I know, we've only been married yeah, eight yeah, years. Exactly. I'm not changing my passport again till it runs out. That's another nine years. <laughs> wow. I only changed my address with my bank when I found out PayPal were getting shitty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, sorry to drag us off the topic. Um, yeah, so, Chris, this is the first time you've seen mm. Munster go home. What did you feel about it? See, it's getting easy because comedies are just great fun, really, aren't they? Yeah. You, just, you know, like it's uh, relaxing. It was entertaining. It's funny and interestingly enough, even without the laughter track, there was still lots of funny bits. Yeah. And I was wondering when you mentioned there's no laughter track in this. Yeah, that seems a bit unusual. Um, but yeah, no, it worked great. I don't know why I'd never noticed before that. Obviously, it does in the show, but it doesn't mm. in the film. But for some reason, this time it. For some reason, it just suddenly clicked within the first minute or so. I went, oh, that's the other thing that's missing. Not only is it in colour, which obviously the show yeah. wasn't, it, it's got the laughter track missing, which... Because I, I think, wasn't that, that was kind of how they sold it in America. Like, it was the opportunity to see the monsters in colour. Yeah. Yeah, which would definitely have worked. It's, uh, you know, I always imagine Herman as green. Yeah, so seeing him as blue the Weird. first time was just because mm. because I think he's like I think he was like mauve because it's a weird thing with black and white they use certain colours to highlight things I know like like they the the uh, sorry to take it back there but I know that the Tardis consult in Doctor Who <laughs> when it was in black and white is olive green. Ooh. Because oh, really? it shows up as really bright white, mm. oh, okay. so it looks all high tech, much more than if you just painted Paint it gloss it. white. Yeah, oh, okay. And similarly, yeah. So like, their their all their makeups were like sort of odd mauves and greens and stuff like that to try and. But yeah, but you do kind of expect. But then I think it's because Frankenstein is the Frankenstein monster. The Boris Karloff is green. Yeah, mm. and again, that was because of the black and white photography. Yeah, but it, it carried over for so long that yeah. when things went into colour, yeah. he, he's he's always been green. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so what else stood out for you? Apart from Terry Thomas, obviously. Yeah, the crazy guy. Terry <laughs> Thomas is one of my favourite actors of all time. He is an absolute comedy legend. So Although, that's, that's not just from this. No, oh God, no. But even though he did play a very good character in this. He was phenomenal in this he is the I love the monsters I've got the closed casket um, box set edition I've watched the whole thing through like twice you um, just need the Dragula and you'll be complete exactly I, I have as I mentioned while we were watching it um, in the Lake District mm. there used to be a, a collector who had uh, an exhibition it was a museum um, of cars from films uh, yeah, and he had the Munsters coach 
which was hand painted by Von Dutch, the pinstripe artist. Um, and although you don't see it in this because they've got um, England or Bust painted on the side, yeah. um, on the actual uh, car, it's um, it's like a, a family crest of all of the monsters painted on it. And mm. it was all hand painted by Von Dutch. Um, and I saw that and the Dracula he had at the... And I was the only person in the museum, so I walked around the museum on my own. Aww. And although I had to stand behind the rope, I was three foot away from both of those cars, mm. and it was... Is this the debut of the Dragula, or is the Dragula ever in the series? The Dragula was in the series. Oh, right, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of the episode. Um, Hot Rod Herman. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, it is in an episode. Um, yeah. Yeah, and what was that guy's... Almost is opening sentence. Can I bash some on the cranium? Cranium was something with... jagged. <laughs> <laughs> God, yeah. Mumsy, let me do him in. I know it's not my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a lesser heard phrase. <laughs> <laughs> he is. I mean, Terry Thomas is always great, but he's he is brilliant in this. Actually, the whole the 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 trio of English monsters. Mm. Mm really hold their own and I would watch films of them oh yeah without a doubt I absolutely would I think yeah they're just really good and uh, yeah interesting uh, Terry Thomas fact Terry Thomas's name is hyphenated it's Terry hyphen Thomas and that's how it's always credited and it represents the gap in the teeth so yeah that was like just a thing he did yeah so if you so whenever you watch there's a line in Terry Thomas in the credits so it's one name who's the first person to have a single name yeah you thought it was Madonna but actually yeah it's Terry Thomas (laughs) (laughs) but yeah he is um, yeah I mean obviously uh, let's because you were saying earlier you'd watched, uh, re-watched School for Scoundrels as well. Yeah, yeah. last weekend, because um, I was looking forward to this, and it made me think of Terry Thomas, yeah, and I was like, I'm going to go back and re-watch School for Scoundrels. Yeah. Even though I only watched it, like, two months ago. But I love that film. Yeah, it's, it's just, that's brilliant. Um, he's obviously, obviously, it's a, a vault of horror, the neat job. We'll have, yeah. to do, we'll have to do Vault of Horror or, or we'll have to do an Amicus soon, I think. Cause... I can't believe we haven't done an Amicus and we've been doing it for a year now. I know. We haven't covered any But yes, obviously, things. he's critched in the neat job. Can you do anything neatly? Can't you? Can't you do anything neatly? And um, he's in both Doctor Fibes. Um, There's two completely different characters. Yeah, well, because he's bumped off in the first one. He's yeah. one of the victims in the first one and then he's, yeah, he's a totally different character in the second. I always remember him... Yeah, standing next to that projector, hand cranking it, yeah. with porn on it, drinking yeah. whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> when he sent the housekeeper out for the night. Yeah. No, there's very really few to stay. <laughs> um, I forgot about this. Obviously, he's in the Pete and Dud Hound of the Baskervilles as well. He's Dr. Mortimer in that. Yes. Which is, again, just another amazing group uh, cast because you've got like Kenneth Williams in there and Spike and just you know, so if it wasn't people. so close to the last two films we just watched I would possibly suggest watching that next week but is this is this a good idea 
just keep on this. I don't think I don't think Hound of the Baskervilles really counts as horror. No, uh, not the Pete, not, not the Pete and Dudley so much. This is going to be a shock though when we go back to serious horror. Oh, no, yeah. I, think that's, I think that's a good thing. I think we need. Mm. I think we need to. We, we we either we either ramble on or draw a line and go back to serious. <laughs> well, not serious horror, but just horror. Yeah. Um, but um, also, uh, I didn't realise this ever. He's the voice of Sir Hiss in the Disney Robin Hood. Yes. Totally. Uh, yeah, and I did yeah. not. I never clocked it. As soon as you said it, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I've never seen the <gasps> it's the Robin Hood. You the, tell me this, that is and it surprising. upsets me. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we watched it just the other day. Yeah, I definitely think you should. Yeah, we had it on Betamax. Oh, yeah, we yeah. Watched it over it's and over. Right. It's from the good end of Disney. That yeah. was the oh, first Jungle Book piracy oh, wow. we ever did. No, it Co- was copied it from no. a, a VHS onto a Betamax. Did we? Wow. Yeah, I we, bought, we bought it, it on Betamax. No, we bought it from there. You the... couldn't buy anything on Betamax. You couldn't yeah. buy anything oh. on Betamax. Well, well, how do we have a Betamax player? Well, everyone had a Betamax player, but you had blank tapes. You recorded from oh, the TV with yeah. Betamax, yeah. Oh, fair enough. But we had the code between the those on Betamax. Oh, naughty. Yeah, and Clockwork Orange. Yeah. But Horrible film. It's just sorry, Bobby. Yeah. It's just bizarre that it's. Wasn't well, it? Oh no, no! This is uh, this is a Blues Brothers T-shirt. Uh. For the benefits of the tape, my T-shirt says Orange Whip, not Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I have got two Clockwork Orange T-shirts. <laughs> but I much prefer this. T- I, I said to him earlier, I saw it and I was like, I really, really need that T-shirt really badly. <laughs> it's fantastic. But yeah, so I was just utterly blown away by that because it's one of those things where just two connections of. Things you absolutely adore, but you've never actually clocked it. But seriously, if you've not seen Disney's Robin Hood with the fox as Robin Hood, it's brilliant. And he, Jennifer, is literally glaring. <laughs> it's, it's so good. I can, I'm singing the songs in my head as yeah. as Adam is speaking. Um, it's just amazing. He's the king's assistant. He's like the okay. second in command to the king, and the king is um, Peter Ustinov. Oh wow! And the king is just. The King is Claire's favourite Disney character of all time. Oh, really? Because he is just utterly ridiculous. Is it a lion? Yes. Hmm. See, I know the imagery of him, yeah. but yeah. Just and it's sense. just, uh, Claire's obsessed with the bit where he's uh, putting his uh, crown on and just like looking... Like pulls in, down the ears? Yeah, looking <laughs> in the mirror, but just going, handsome, <laughs> regal, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. But yeah, so... Um, and uh, yeah, because I was, I was saying to you earlier, basically him and his missus moved to Spain, mm. and then the poor soddy got Parkinson's disease, and was literally like they had to move back here, and he was literally living in like a a, a bed sit, uh, like him and his missus, because obviously he couldn't work. No, and then um, a load of uh, other actors like Richard Briers and quite a few people, they had like a massive benefit concert for him hmm. so he could so they could pay uh, like pay him to get pay for him to go into a care home oh my god which was How really be such a massive icon of british comedy hmm. and end up in such an awful position it's, uh, yeah but then it's not, a travesty yeah but not being funny i mean look at the bloody carry on lot yeah, yeah. Okay. most yeah. of them you know it's, it's a similar sort of thing i think a lot of actors i mean there wasn't actors didn't get paid what they yeah. Don't get paid now. No. It's like, and it's also like the Vincent Price thing. Vincent Price, would, 
you know, all these actors, they've got so many roles because they would not stop acting because there's no retirement fund, there's mm. no pension scheme. Yeah, no, absolutely. So they all just keep working. And I think Terry Thomas was very much the same vein, but then he ends up with such a debilitating condition that he could not work. And I'm Because that was actually the first time I... I think that was... Because it was like 1990, I think, was when he died. Hmm. But I think sort of before that, when they were talking about the concert and everything, that was kind of like the first time I'd seen him. Yeah, because yeah. my dad was like, my mum and dad were just like absolutely shocked because they had like him on the news and he was like utterly just wrecked, you know, and could, and sort of you know obviously Parkinson's so debilitating, but he was like a, a, a shell essentially, and my mum and dad were like utter like distraught, sort of like with the and it was like so who's that and then they were like oh, he's Freddie Munster, and it was like, I couldn't even connect the two. Oh, my God. And, yeah, it was sort of like a very um, a very sad end, but I think it was very sweet, because, like I say, all all the acting profession, when they found out, because I think also there's that element where you, you there's a pride element where you don't want to be asking people for help and things mm, like no, that, no. but, like, all, all his sort of co-stars and things, I think they, yeah, they did this concert, and, like, Michael Caine... Was the compare for the night, and wow. they had like amazing bands on there and stuff like that, and loads of people just came out and they raised enough money to get him into a care home, poor sod. Mm. But yeah, I mean he, uh, but yeah, I mean just legendary sort of figure. I mean he is, um, he he is he is the bounder. Yeah, again, he's just absolute because he's the only absolute rotten. And yeah, and he's just. And he was in all of the um, the Centrinians movies. Yeah, he was and... in Centrinians, and he was in uh, Magnificent Men in Their Flying Machines. Yeah, which I believe was actually played at his funeral. I think they did the theme tune from that. Oh, it was like really? played at his funeral. Yeah, um, and um, he's also, and I'd forgotten about this until I was looking at this. There's a film called Danger Diabolique, which is like a French supervillain movie from the 60s and it's got a really weird soundtrack and Mike Patton's covered a song from it and it's just sort of like all kinds of weird and comic book there's a Beastie Boys video that's based on the film and everything (laughs) and just in the middle of it all Terry Thomas is the Minister of Finance (laughs) and at one point uh, Diabolique who's like this um, super villain steals all the gold in France and Terry Thomas is like having to give press conferences increasingly frustrated and wound up and just like oh forget about it it's a well he's just taking it hasn't he and it's just yeah and that's yeah that's just um, but it's, it's just a weird thing it's a Mario Barber film so it's like sort of, oh, right. yeah like utterly like European cast and then just in the middle of it it's Terry Thomas being Terry Thomas and being <laughs> very much a highlight of the film so yeah um yeah, it, it, Monsters is. It was one of those things that I loved growing up. Um, uh, so as I mentioned, I bought the um, the closed casket box set edition, mm. and I got it for Christmas. And I said I was going to eke it out because it's only seventy episodes, and I said mm-hmm. I was going to watch an episode a week, and I was going to enjoy it that way. I think it lasted three months, <laughs> and I smashed through the entire thing. Good for you, sir. Oh, it's. It's such a great. I loved all the characters, um, all the actors in it. Fred Gwynn and mm. Yvonne De Carlo, and 
Yeah, yeah so I wonder here, what else has Fred Gwynn been in? Ah, well, as a link to our question about horror literature, he's in Pet Cemetery. Mm. Yes, he is. And he's the he's the guy who is is it Jed Judd or something? I think. Uh, yeah, um, the, the old guy who lives across yeah, the street. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, doo 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 doo. Who gets his Achilles heel yeah. cut by mm. the boy? Yeah, and actually, just before we came in here, I was on Instagram and I saw that um, they're remaking Pet Cemetery, and John Lithgow has got his. Um, has got that part. Oh my god, he would do really well. Yeah. If, if you're gonna replace if you're gonna remake it, mm. he's the perfect person. But like Fred Gwynn was six foot five, mm. the boots are asphalt spreaders boots. <laughs> so oh, they're actually really? like safety boots for road workers and they are four inches. I was gonna say you can always see them. It's one of those things yeah. once you've noticed it you can't yeah. you can't not yeah, see them. Yeah, they are huge. Yeah. Like the the soles of those are huge. But yeah they're they're designed so that you don't burn your feet while you're doing uh, like tarmacking um, and he he was in a before this he was in a sitcom which actually gets mentioned in this uh, Car 54 Where Are You yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and the guy who played Grandpa was in it with him as well yeah. the two of them were in it because it was because it was like a double act it was Fred Gwynn and another guy as these sort of bumbling coppers and yeah uh, Al Lewis Grandpa was in it as another as another police officer mm. Um, so that's kind of where they knew each other from anyway. And obviously, yeah, then it gets a reference in this when they're saying about call the police, call the FBI, yeah. call Scotland Yard. So, um, but he was also like a noted star on Broadway. He had a um, baritone singing voice and was like quite sought after for that. Mm-hmm. Um, he also wrote and illustrated a series of children's books. Wow. Which, again, didn't know about, but obviously he's in that. Uh, the other thing I was thinking that's really notable, because he had a lot of them uh, have a resurgence in the sort of 80s and 90s with people, I think, growing up watching the monsters. Mm. And so they get them in their films and everything. But have you ever seen My Cousin Vinny? No. With um, Joe Pesci. And it's basically this guy, it's a guy who gets um, put before a judge. I think it's a murder case. I can't quite remember the, the actual crime. Mm. But he gets, um, and it's like down in sort of the, the deep south. Yeah. And uh, he gets, uh, like he gets arrested. And so he calls his cousin, Vinny, who's got a law degree. But it's Joe Pesci as like, a, well, as Joe Pesci, a smart ass, <laughs> like little two bit gangster from New York who comes down with his hooker girlfriend and like defends him in court. And Fred Gwynn is the judge. Oh, wow. And they are brilliant. Like, because they're just like, because it's just him being absolutely frustrated and disgusted by Joe Pesci, who has no idea how he's meant to be doing this. And it's a really, it was a, um, I remember it from like, because I think that's like the early 90s, but I remember I remember those. it being a big film at yeah, the time. Yeah, but it was, yeah, it was actually like genuine funny and Fred Gwynn is bloody marvellous in it. Mm-hmm. And, because I think he does, because that's the thing, Herman's like, the, the, the sort of childlike nature of Herman. Yeah. He's perfect, but never, it's never irritating or anything else like that. He's just sort of like, He's a big bumble butt. Yeah. <laughs> Proper Ed Kemper. Yes. Um, yeah, and Yvonne De Carlo. So those two came from TV, and Yvonne De Carlo 
was a big Hollywood yeah. actress. Like she was massive. She was like third build in the greatest story ever told. Like the the uh, sorry in the, in the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, uh, so apparently, when because the pilot has someone else, doesn't it, playing Lily? Um, there's a pilot version, yes, and it's it's in, it's in the box set. It's yeah. an extra on the box set. And they that, it doesn't yeah. work at all, and it's in colour. Yeah, yeah. But they so, but apparently, um, Fred Gwynn and Al Lewis were a bit worried because it was like, well, she's a big Hollywood actress, so is she going to come in and be a prick? They went to the head of the studio. The two of mm. them went and had a meeting with the head of the studio and said, "We don't think Avonda Carlo is is the right person." Oh right. Um, yeah, and they were basically told, well, look, we'll shoot an episode, we'll see how it goes, and yeah, yeah and by the end of the first episode, they were like, yeah, no, she fits right in. She's, She's perfect, yeah. Yeah, she isn't a knob, she's... Yeah, and they, they all... they, they uh, By all accounts, they were such a tight-knit, the three of them. Mm. Um, yeah, they got on really well, which you can totally tell from the chemistry on set. Oh, yeah. Um, well, apparently, like, Butch Patrick, who was Eddie... He said she was his second mum for for life, yeah. Basically, until until she died, he like they always sort of like they kept in touch and like she was she was almost like his second mum, which is just. But then I think she does mum really well in it. Yeah, she does. Actually, have you watched American Gothic yet? No, not yet. Because she brings that same thing to it, but with a lot of fucking background steel. She does the same in Cellar Dweller. She was in a film called Cellar Dweller, which was a full moon, eighty late eighties possibly, um, film, um, and she's in that. Yeah, and she plays the woman who runs the house. And as you say, it's that older matriarch who's so basically it's a house full of artists. Oh right. And she's yeah. there to keep them all in check. Yeah, and as you say, she sort of is the matriarch of the family. And, yeah, she does a fantastic job of, of that. Again, this was much later. Because so. she was a trained singer and dancer. She did release an album called Yvonne De Carlo Sings in 1957. Oh, I hope you've got that for playing as an I'm, I'm afraid I haven't, oh, no. I'll see if I can oh. find it. It's like blues, um, like sort of uh, blues standards and sort of things mm. like that. So it's just an album of covers, but apparently it's, apparently it's very good. Um... Obviously, like we mentioned, she's Ma in American Gothic, which is again shout out to uh, not for everyone for in, for introducing me to that film, and it's brilliant. <laughs> but yeah, she is, and she is one of the one of the reasons it's brilliant. Um, she was in um, oh yeah, she was in a film called Satan's Cheerleaders, which has also got John Carradine in it. We'll come to him in a bit. I've- I've seen that, but yeah. I don't remember her being. She's in the it. sheriff's wife slash Emmy slash high priestess in Satan's Cheerleaders, so she's obviously got quite a quite. But also, she is in. She plays Jagulia Vane in a film called Nocturna, which is like a vaguely softcore vampire disco movie, <laughs> which also has Brother Theodore in it. And John Carradine in one of the four times he plays Dracula. Bloody hell. And Noc- Nocturna is Dracula's daughter who moves to New York because the house prices in Transylvania are going up and she discovers a lot of disco. New York? 
Sorry? Yeah. Oh, the, the prices yeah. in Transylvania are higher than they are in New York. <laughs> Lies. That's the only bit I don't believe. I was going to say, to be honest, I don't think that that's going to be the biggest fault you might find with this film. <laughs> so, yeah. I need to see that, though. But, um, um, yeah. Yvonne De Carlo, unless I've got it wrong, but I'm pretty sure Yvonne De Carlo's husband was a stuntman who died on the set. No, um, he, he lost a leg. He had his leg amputated and actually she, uh, they both ended up suing the studio because, again, back to the thing of actors not getting much, mm. uh, like in way of protection and stuff, uh, yeah, he lost his leg on set and they were like, it was in your contract. Yeah. <laughs> Tough mate. Oh my God. And they, they went through a hell of a lot of, because she had a break from acting while she was looking after him. That's Yeah, that's and, right. Yeah, but they, like, they had to go through, like, Sort of months of like legal sort of cases and stuff like that to try and get any form of compensation for the fact that he was now, you know, he, he now had one fucking leg. Who and that's these... basically the only role you're going to get is Tarzan, isn't it? <laughs> Who are these people that run the studios? Bastards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bastards I think there's some rapists. I was, was going to say, I don't think much has changed. I think it's just, <laughs> it's, it's people like, like we said about Boris Karloff putting in. Like he was one of the people who first sort of fought for actors' rights because mm. of he gave himself a permanent back injury playing the monster in Frankenstein. Yeah, because of the weight of the makeup and the suit, and the fact that it was like, oh yeah, put that on, right? We'll work your twenty odd hours. Right, take that off. See, see, see in three hours to put it back on. So it's like, so, it wasn't, again, wasn't there a, a similar thing? I'm trying to remember who it was. I've got a feeling it was Son of Frankenstein in one of those movies. Um, because Bella Lugosi had been out for a long time, when he came back to the film, he was earning a lot less than Boris Karloff and... Oh, um, Basil Rathbone. Possibly. If it's Son of, it would be Basil Rathbone. And they, yeah, and basically they said, we... No, it might not have been. I'm sure it was Lon Chaney Jr. was involved as well. I might have this all wrong. I'm going to have to cut this out. But I'm sure there was a a film like that where Boris Karloff had been... uh, went to the studio and said, if you don't pay this actor more money, we're not doing the film. And I'm sure it was Bela Lugosi who was getting short jokes. Very, very possibly. I can't remember what film it was. Because I think, yeah, I think he was very much... I think they all had to be. Just because you were, you were me, you know, fuck yeah, yeah. you, that ain't, you know. And so, yeah, I think all of them had to sort of take that um, sort of stand with it and everything. But uh, interestingly enough, Yvonne De Carlo is actually the oldest actor in The Monsters, and she's a year older than Grandpa. Wow. Who's playing her dad. Well, yeah. she looks good for it. She's she does. Amazing. She always looks mm. good, though. Yeah. But, um,. And yes. this, this is who, the, from the Carry On film, was based on her. Is that right? Oh, what, Fenella Fielding's yeah. character? I think it's, it's vamp in... It, it's the Dracula's daughter archetype, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Or Bride of Dracula sort of They archetype. just seem to have very similar sort of character. Yeah, similar dress and... Yeah, yeah, yeah look, certainly look Cause similar. Because, I, mean, I mean, basically the monsters was... We'll do just a normal 50s sitcom mm. 
but they happen to be Universal Monsters. Well, Thingy came out first. The Adams Family came out first mm. um, and really took off. Yeah, and then Universal basically said, oh, well, we've got all of these monsters. Why don't we rival that with a, with our own family? But we can use Frankenstein's monster and Dracula mm. and the Wolfman. So that was kind of what it was. It was their answer to the Adams Family. Yeah. So what what were the characters in, in Adams Family? They were just a strange family. Oh, okay. like, yeah, they, they weren't right. the archetypal they figures. They weren't monsters, oh, okay. but they were odd. Because yeah. they were all based on a cartoon that ran for years, written by Charles Adams, yeah. which is why they're called that. But, mm-hmm. and, and they were... Yeah, they were just odd. In fact, I think actually Valeria Watt is probably more Morticia than Lily. Yeah, yeah. Um, in sort of in sort of characterisation and everything. And I mean, this. I, I mean, we watched this at the South End Horror. Was it the Zombie Walk? Yes, it was. Yeah, it was, after so it was zombie... put on by the White Bus Company. Mm. Um, a shout out to the White Bus Company. For all your fantastic work of Woo! showing awesome stuff in Essex, yeah, um, on a regular basis and keeping us horror fans going, um, and the actual just film festival, not horror, in a few weekends' time. Yes, which we have tickets to. We do, They're doing yes. a history of um, South End. Yes, and the Curzel um, specifically. Oh wow! Mm, also oh. black and white footage, yeah. and yeah. So to take us back in a big loop to what I was going to say earlier so there's some kind of a, a sort of it isn't really a rivalry because New York has definitely got it over South End but there is some dispute between historians over where the original um, seaside oh, uh, holiday slash, resort was right, okay. some say it was Coney Island mm-hmm. in Brooklyn and some say that it was the Curzel and South End. Um, and Al Lewis mm-hmm. originally was a carnival barker at Coney Island. Yeah. Al Lewis was grandpa. And ah, yes. I remember the link now. You've told me this before. We've read about Coney Island. We, we went. When, after we yes. went, we came home and I bought a documentary. Yes. And Al Lewis is on there yes. saying about, yeah. That's how we call mm. people out and yeah, he'd basically stand on a podium and try and get people into the haunted house by calling them pussies if they get <laughs> in front of the girlfriends if they didn't go in. And well, he was yeah, because he also um, he opened an Italian restaurant called Grandpa's Bella Gente in mm. in Greenwich Village. Oh wow! In, in like the in the in the late eighties, and he also ran a comedy club in Staten Island called Grandpa's. Wow, um, and also I, this this I just think I when I was a kid, I loved Grandpa. Grandpa was my favourite because you know, just because obviously, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, he was a regular on the Howard Stern show, and apparently they had like something where they were like they had like a a, a day of like. Oh, they're trying to censor us. So, you know, we're trying to bring attention to this, that they're trying yeah. to censor us and everything. Yeah, and apparently he just shouted repeatedly, fuck the FCC into the microphone until Howard Stern wrestled it off him. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. I think... I, oh, think, I love that, I, I think the I think that's the thing, because he really just loved being Grandpa. Mm. That's why he called all the restaurants. And he said, it's like, it earns me money... 
I don't mind that I'm typecast like as grandpa. It's it means people know who I am. He actually ran for the Green Party candidacy <laughs> of the New York governor's election in 1998 and was pissed off that they wouldn't put him as Grandpa Al Lewis. <laughs> because he said if they'd have done that, more He'd people would have known yeah. who I was That's it. and they would have voted. But but actually, and the weird thing was, is that he he got his deposit back and therefore made the Green Party a legitimate candidacy for... New York in the future. Oh. So he they were, they were always on. He got enough votes oh. that they would always be on the roster, because obviously it's like the Monster Raven Looney Party, no votes always. So they used to just have to pay to be put in yeah. every time. Oh. For Marilyn. See now, I knew there were three, yeah. because there was Marilyn in season one, yeah. who then missed her boyfriend too much and had to move home. Oh. Yeah. So then there's Marilyn for season two, yeah. and then there was Marilyn for the movie. So I'm assuming there's a Marilyn for Revenge of the Monsters. Yes, there's a th- yeah that and also yes, and oh, also, prize of and also a new Eddie. Why didn't they hang around? Yes, because they did a well. They basically did a second Monsters movie, the mm. Monsters Revenge, but that was what was it, 1981. Mm. Which was a hell of a so long time after your years So, so yeah, they well, they, the they, time, they yes. had Marilyn. They had a Marilyn who was the equivalent age, and they had an Eddie who'd be the equivalent age yeah. as well, because obviously the originals are long. Eddie with a and, beard and a, a deep yeah. voice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eddie does grow a beard in one <laughs> episode, as I remember. Is it like Wolfman growing a beard? No, it's just the only reason is it's a weird thing because it was one of those things that just flashed up on a screen. You're at work, and I just went. That really looks like Paul in engineering. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to send it to him and just say, "Why is it you don't?" Uh, no, but this is the weird thing. He's clean shaven, <laughs> but for some reason Eddie Munster with a beard really looks like him. But he doesn't look like Eddie Munster. Spooky. That is odd. It, Spooky. Yeah. Spooky. He had to admit it himself. <laughs> well, Eddie Munster or uh, yeah. what's his name in marketing? Yeah, Paul in engineering. Yeah. So, so how old is is Eddie Munster now? I think he's in his. He must be in his. I was going to say, so he was fifty. He was before. He was, a, he so that was younger than ten in sixty-six. Yeah. yeah. So that was seven. Seventy-six, eighty-six, ninety-six, hundred and six, and <laughs> and so then one more six. So that's so sixty, 60 years. years ago. So you've got to be seventy. Yeah, I was right. I should have. I should have stuck with it. Should have gone with it. Go but, with it now. Uh, he's got to be about 70, right? That yeah, sounds pretty good, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not editing that. That sounds well better left in. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, Butch Pratt- Patrick is an incredible fucking name. Yes. But I, th- but I think he's just ended up being, like, cameoing in other stuff about child stars or uh, with child stars uh, and things like that. Uh, but he did have a band at one point. Eddie and the Monsters or something like that. Okay. Released uh, released two singles. One I w- one I think was just after the Monsters, and then one other one was like about two thousand and one. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I will maybe look that up. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely look it up. I might regret it. You probably will. <laughs> but also, um, actually, that was something I didn't realise. The guy who did the theme tune and incidental music for the TV show, as well as uh, this. Uh, is a guy called Jack Marshall, um, who is uh, a jazz and surf guitarist, composer, arranger, who also played on Fever by Peggy Lee. 
Wow. And when you think about it, that dung, dung. Yeah, yeah. It's dung, exactly the same. Dung. It's the same sound. tone, isn't it? Yeah. And he also wrote the soundtrack to the B movie classic, The Giant Gila Monster, which oh. is where the Misfits got their um, uh, font from. I was saying about earlier, oh, the poster yeah, for The Giant yeah. Gila Monster. Yeah, has the, the Misfits font. Yeah, as used by Misfit. Well, it's Glenn Danzig and Sam Hain and the Misfits. Yeah, wow. We all use that same. It's that same font. Yeah. So. Excellent. I, I really should watch the Giant Gila Monster. I've got it upstairs. It's my favourite film in which an iguana attacks a toy train, <laughs> but it's meant to be real. I think I need a lot of whiskey to watch that. I think I. To be honest. I don't. I don't think it wouldn't be bad background tomorrow. Oh. Okay. You know, because it's it's that well, Jack Marshall sounds. Yeah, it's true. Dang, 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 dang. Sorry. Anyway. Yeah. Um, also, I, I I didn't realize how many times they've tried to fucking reboot the monsters as well. Oh. So you got monsters today, which ran longer. I didn't realize this than the original. The original, yeah. yeah. Wow. Three fucking series of that dog shit. And it's awful. It fucking was. And really was this? Crap. That was 80s, 90s? Uh, 88 to 91. Mm. Yeah. With an entirely different cast. Mm. Obvi- well, obviously, I mean, I think Fred Quinn was dead by then. But yeah. Yeah. And it was shit. Uh, they did a TV mo- uh, movie uh, in 95 called Here Come the Monsters. Yeah. Again, totally different cast. But um, Yvonne DiCarlo, um, Al Lewis. Pat Priest, who's the original, is the second series Marilyn, so the one who yeah. played Marilyn the longest, mm-hmm. um, and Butch Patrick cameo as a family in a restaurant that Herman's working at. Okay. Uh, so they're just in there having an argument, and then in nineteen ninety try that, and then in nineteen ninety six, the Monsters Scary Little Christmas, which again had a completely different cast to the Monsters today, and here come the Monsters. Yes. So and then obviously there's Mockingbird Lane. Which I really fucking liked. Mockingbird Lane was amazing. That is one of my favourite pilots that never got made mm. into a TV show. Yeah. I've watched it a dozen times and I fucking love it. Eddie Izzard gets Grandpa perfectly. <laughs> yes. It's that same thing because I think that's why I liked Grandpa. Grandpa's naughty. <laughs> yeah. You know, Grandpa's like Rick and Rick and Morty or something like that. You know? <laughs> yeah. He's leading you know, he... the young grandson astray. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. leading yes. the young grandson astray. Yeah. He thinks the, the father's a fucking idiot. Yeah, and leads him astray as well. Yeah. yeah. And it does some crazy experiment. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I was thinking, it's probably House of Frankenstein or House of Dracula, where you get the sort of start of Dracula being a scientist. But I think the monsters really is the one that hammers it home. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where Because after that, you sort of always get this thing where it's like Dracula... Even in Van Helsing, Dracula is using uh, Dr. Frankenstein's science to bring the monster back yes. and things like that. Yeah, yeah. So you get this sort of weird equation of Dracula and mad scientist that isn't there. Anywhere previously yeah, to this. To really, yeah. No, and absolutely. It's, they, yeah. They, they, are you saying about the reboots? They were planning to do another reboot, weren't they? A, a year ago or Fairly so? recently, yeah. About the monsters moved to... Modern day hipster Brooklyn. Oh dear. Oh yeah, I heard about that. And I don't know if it fell yeah. through or not. Yeah. I hope it fucking did. About a year ago, they were talking about it, and I've not heard anything. Well, since. I mean, I was looking today, and the last reboot, like or anything they had listed, was Mockingbird, Mockingbird Lane. Lane. So okay. I think, yeah, I think that finally they might have. Uh, not only that, but also it was Brian Fuller who did um, 
Hannibal and American Gods yes. and stuff like that. If he's not going to make a decent go of it, like that's going to sell, mm. then what's the fucking point? You know, because it's only going to be Laura diminishing returns and just mm. yeah. yeah, poor, if very you... poor, poor, poor. That's very poor. Um, ah, oh, yes, I did say to you about um, uh, what was it? Uh, da 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 Oh, the two um, removal men. Alfie and Joey. Yes. Now, Alfie, the older one, is in Mary Poppins. Okay. He's a village elder in Young Frankenstein, and he's a graveyard keeper in Halloween. Jesus, that's quite... That's that's quite an illustrious career, really. Yeah, and he's been in the Night Gallery, and sort of, I mean, everyone on on here. The list of TV is ridiculous, obviously, for some of these people. Um, But, yeah... Joey, the younger removal man, he hosted. He was the host of the game show Family Feud, which obviously is the American equivalent of oh, Family, Family Fortune. Yeah. yeah, but also he's Damon Killian in The Running Man. Ooh. Hang on a minute. The the host. No. The host of The uh, Running Man. Interesting. Holy cock. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, when I saw that, I was just nah. Fuck. Weird. See, I thought he looked really familiar, but mm. I just kept thinking it's because he looks like Dick Van Dyke, and yeah. he's got that terrible accent. Yeah. So that's what I equated it. And to. like Running Man was his last—I think that was his last role. What was that? It was like twenty years. Of that's eighty-seven. This. So yeah. that's yeah, yeah. it's yeah. twenty years. 20 years. Mm. So he is markedly older by then, obviously. Um, but yeah, and I was that—that that just blew me away. Oh, you got right. John Carradine playing Karukshank. Mm. Yes. And we sort of had to go, uh, had to sort of skate over John Carradine when we did Bride of Frankenstein because he's in that. But he's played Dracula four times. Mm. Um, and he's R. Chetwin Haynes in The Monster Club. Yes. Uh, Captain Morris in Shockwaves. He's in The Howling. Um, he's in the, he's in the Saints Cheerleaders, Buried Alive. Uh, yep. Oh, and he's in two episodes of the Monsters TV show, but not playing uh, Crookshank. He's playing a separate character. Yeah. Mm. And, yeah, that uh, you've got... Uh, House of Long Shadows. He's yeah, House, House of Long Shadows. Yeah. Um, uh, Frankenstein Island, in which he played Dr. Frankenstein, Bigfoot. Um, he's Barrowman in the Basil Rathbone Hand of the Baskervilles. Uh, he's in the oh, Ten... I've rewatched that recently as well. Yeah, he's in the Ten Commandments with Yvonne De Carlo. Uh, he's in, like I said, he's in that Nocturno. That's the one where, yeah, the Dracula. He's Dracula in House of Frankenstein, House of Dracula, Billy the Kid versus Dracula, and Nocturna. Wow. Um, and he's also Count Brainus Alucard in the Vampires. <laughs> and he's also in a film called Blood of Dracula's Castle, in which he's George the Butler. And a film called Dr. Dracula, in which he's a bloke called Hadley. Yeah. The butler. Possibly. <laughs> very possibly. You mentioned, obviously, Squire Moresby, um, who is in just tons of stuff as an English person. He's in Colombo. Yeah. Is he an English person? He, he's Irish. 
So, but he's okay, fair, yeah. yeah, a bit of acting there. He yeah. sounded but, a lot more English than a lot of people. Oh yeah, Americans, but, yeah. but I mean, his his main thing was he was Doctor Bombay in Bewitched, who was the yes, Doctor they brought right. in a lot, and in the follow up Tabitha, as well as in a crossover with a witch soap opera called Passions that I've never fucking no, heard of. No. But they, for some reason, they actually bought the rights to have Doctor Bombay turn up in that. Wow. So it kind of crosses <laughs> up. I ended up on this weird website of all the crossovers that have taken place. Did you go down a rabbit hole? Fuck, did I? Um, but he's also in the Brendan Fraser Mummy as um, okay. Captain Winston Haverstock he's in Titanic mm. and so on etc 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 and then I just this is going to be a bit what's his name bit Buster Rhymes Roger Moresby yes who is in possession of an awful English accent yes um, he's in Independence Day he's in no Man's Land, The Rise of the Reeker, which is a follow-up to a film called The Reeker that I've never fucking heard of. No. Empire of Ants, But I'm a Cheerleader, Red Eye. Oh, But I'm a Cheerleader. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, Natasha Leone. Yeah, Natasha Leone, RuPaul. There's lo- loads of cool people in that one. But, yeah, he's he was a regular in Chips. Ooh. He's Magnum's dad in Flashback in Magnum P.I. <laughs> And then get this, this is this is literally, I think, yeah, Lost in Space, Bonanza, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Dynasty, Dallas, Charlie's Angels, Alf, Six Feet Under, The Scarecrow, Mrs. King, Tales of the Unexpected, Baywatch, The Young and the Restless, Knight Rider, Family Ties, Matlock, MacGyver, Quantum Leap, Desperate Housewives, Gunsmoke, L.A. Law, Murder, She Wrote, Angie Trebekah, The High Chaparral, The West Wing, Star Trek Voyager, Murder One, Beverly Hills 90210, Son of the Beach, 24... The American Office, Curb Your Enthusiasm, The Bold and the Beautiful, CSI, Parks and Recreation, House of Eat, The Virginian, and NCIS. Well, mm. good if for that's him. not an unsung hero, yeah, he's doing his work. For the first episode he's in f- going 20, for those 221 credits that, that man has got. Robert Pine. Impressive. Fucking hell. Yeah. Good man. Yeah. So. What a legend. This, but. He's almost working like the rest of us, not like all those stars. <laughs> you know, I think, yeah, I like that. Down to earth, he is. Yeah. <laughs> no job too small. We That's are it. on the fence. Yes. <laughs> I've also come to the conclusion that every single American actor, and in fact, quite a few British ones as well, pretty much everyone we've ever watched in any of the films that we've watched that were made post... Anything pre, like, about 94... Hmm. Every fucker has been in Murder, She Wrote. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. show must have run for 45 yeah. years. <laughs> it started off with the adventures of Jessica Fletcher as a teenager. <laughs> and rolled through. We've only seen no, the no. end. She was about 50 for, I think, she a long time. She started off with long-stocking. Yeah. It's just carried on. Everything. It starts off with her mum pregnant with her. <laughs> Solving mysteries yeah. in the womb. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think... <laughs> Wow, yeah, that's uh, amazing. Yeah. Um, so, what are we going to watch next week? I Chris, th- mm. what options have we got? Adam. Horror. What options have we got? Horror. And well, horror. I think I think we've got. I think we could either go utterly slam dunk, just go for something straight horror. Because I don't think we've done anything straight horror recently. Mm. Apart from Pan's Labyrinth. Even that is... I, you know, it's more fantasy. Fantasy okay. with a lot of horror elements. But yeah. yeah. 
I still think one of the best horror monsters ever. Oh, oh maybe. The yeah. yeah, the Pile Man yeah. is, yeah. Yeah, horrible. Incredible. Show um, that to your children when I send them to mm, bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is, there's a, uh, Claire's mate, Hayley, who told her daughter that, oh, yeah, no, that's the monster that comes and bites children's noses off if they don't eat their dinner. Uh, she is also the same person who, the child is afraid of Dobby, the house elf. So she bought one of the sort of full-size Dobbies and wrapped it up for Christmas <gasps> just to freak the kid out. So harsh. Yeah. Uh, Mm. Yeah, and then she See, had to clean all the piss yeah. off the yeah. car. I'm not sure about that. I think keeping one in the closet for getting it out on the key gets out of bed, I'm all for that. I think yeah. that's a fair <laughs> use of, you know, something yeah. scary. Yeah, I saw the video of the child opening it. <laughs> oh, and she even videoed yeah, it. And it's the poor little poor little mare. She goes, no, <laughs> what? that's Dobby in there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, entirely for her own amusement. So, yeah. But um, <laughs> she can take it. She's she she is a very self possessed kid. She was dressed as Spider Man going round the range, mm. and someone uh, someone said to her, "Oh, hi, Spider Man!" And she went, I'm "Not Spider Man. I'm Layla." <laughs> In a proper like, what's your problem, dickhead? <laughs> so yeah, I don't think we've got to worry about her. I think no, she's, no, she's, no, I think she's fairly grounded. Yeah. Bless her. But yeah, so I mean, we did mention we did mention we haven't done an amicus. Do you know what we haven't fucking done? Not only have we not done an amicus, we have not watched a single film with Peter Cushing. Ah, <gasps> more cushing for the pushing. I think that's what we need. I I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I'm always up for it. Peter Cushing next one. If we go the amicus route, there's. Um, Dr. Terror's House of Horror, but that, that, that's him in the wraparound, isn't it? Now that takes me back to original, when I first got into horror properly, mm-hmm. in my mid-teens, 16-ish thereabouts, uh, back to Dr. Walpurgis. Yes. That was the first Dr. Walpurgis film that I recorded on VHS and watched over and over again. So, yeah, I would absolutely be always up for that. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Dr. Dr. Terror's House House of Horrors. I'm going to write it down. Yes. Because otherwise, we'll forget. Amazingly, we do. Because it's gone midnight and we're idiots. And we're old. (laughs) The witching hour approaches. Let's approach it's been a gone. gone. Yes. Yeah. Have you heard Didn't about you what it? happens at Spivey Point? <laughs> no. Yes. Yeah, just one tale before midnight. One tale. Sorry. No idea. <laughs> We're not watching the no idea. Oh, No idea. Right. Uh, I did watch that the other week. Uh, no, no. Sorry. No, I did watch it about eight months ago. Um, <laughs> Because it got really foggy, really sudden on a Sunday night. And Jennifer was at the stadium. And I was like, oh, it's very foggy. <gasps> I'm going to fucking watch the fog. And I did. And yeah, but, yeah, but your, your porch doors... Get foggy anyway. Well, no, I was just thinking, they're exactly the right noise for a boat hook to be wrapped yeah. off of. You just shat yourself or something like that. <laughs> that did remind me we should watch the thing as well. We do need to watch the thing. Definitely. So what we do is so Doctor Terror next, and then yeah, the thing. and then the thing after. Mm. Yeah, that's a fucking that's that shit I can it get is. behind. That's, that's changing. Yeah. The oh, can I bring my Blu-ray thing? Because I'm, yeah, I don't have it on Blu-ray. Yes. 
It's your birthday choice soon, Chris. So mm. that might even be your birthday choice then. Oh, and it yeah. isn't that isn't the thing? Um... Go on, you can do it. John Landis. No. Oh, you're so close. Don't know. Yeah, Who's the other one? Yeah, that was around <laughs> that sort of time. Uh, the other very good at woodwork. Uh, no. Oh, John Carpenter. Oh. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, yes, I know Adam's always happy to watch the thing. Yeah. I I mm. definitely feel I'm due a rewatch. Although I'm not the I'm not as big a fan of it as a lot of people are. Um, and I think I definitely do. It's been a few years. So, uh, yeah, brilliant. Excellent suggestions. Right. So, there you go. So, you, so you've got your homework, guys. You know what we're going to be watching now. We are going to be watching... Doctor, Doctor Terror's House of Horrors, the Amicus original, um, in two weeks' time. And then two weeks after that, we're going to be watching The Thing. Can't be two weeks in two weeks, because don't you put them off every week? No, no two, two weeks after that, is it? Oh, even though you only do them every two weeks. I thought you did them weekly. Like you put them up weekly? No. no. no if we right. recorded them every two weeks and put them up weekly, we'd have <laughs> run out of like ages ago. I thought you had a time machine. We'd no, we're, we're, we're recording the Christmas episode next week. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas 1946. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, thanks ever so much for listening. Uh, message us below. Um, hashtag ask welcome to horror. Night. Bye. 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 We won't actually see them because they're not really